0: What the truck! You are listening to What the truck.
1: Welcome to Friday and get ready to truck it.
2: I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Friday afternoon from Potato Salad
1: Central. So this is what it all comes down to, isn't it? It is, man. Last this weekend, it. this is how this all started. Last weekend, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm eating some New York deli potato salad I got from Publix, and I shared a picture of it online. so said, this is great. Eggs don't belong in potato salad. And then you had to open your fat trap, <laughs> That's step all up fault, to the man. plate, and say eggs versus no eggs in the potato salad. It started this big debate, <laughs> and uh, we decided to settle it on air today with yeah, a man. potato salad eating competition.
2: I'm ready for it, bro. I'm nervous, though. A little bit nervous. You a little bit nervous? Well, we were
1: getting all prepped up last night. We got a yeah. video of some of the prep oh, we got some here. Let's all roll right, the cool. tape.
2: Yeah, sweet. I like the hammer tickle.
1: Yeah, see, that's how I feel about eggs right now. <laughs> All over myself. It's <laughs> <If they're> a <laughs> very textiles. exfoliating. The shells are. <laughs> Jeez, you gotta have a nice wash there. How many ribs did you use? I used two in my recipe. Two what? Two ribs. Oh no no no! no. no. I got four. I used a quarter of a Vidalia onion. Half of Vidalia. What you're looking over there is. I use the garlic baby reds. Salt. I used the I used little baby reds. Garlic powder, salt, sugar, vinegar, and Duke's mayo.
2: Mmm. Yeah. You
1: gotta keep it simple, yeah. man. Let the flavors do the work.
2: Fresh, fresh garlic, smoked paprika.
1: Hot sauce. Then you gotta let it marinate overnight, just Amen. like that one here. Amen. And then you gotta take, uh, gotta take the hammer. To the egg.
2: See now, I left mine outside in the warmth to get the full picnic effect.
1: Okay, well let's see yours. Let's no, see your kidding. prep one.
2: I put some effort into mine. I, I put a lot of effort into mine. This is how you We're do it, bro. Supposed to be mixing this or something? Didn't <laughs> even know if you're supposed to mix it or not. <laughs> that I mean, was, I was,
1: that's called a joke, man. It's
2: humor. Well, we can argue
1: about this all day. We've got these over here, but instead, let's go over to the judges' table. We brought some great guest judges to join us on the show today. Welcome, guys yeah. and girls. No, no, no. Uh, hello. hello let's introduce them to you because you haven't met all of these people if you not all these cast of characters have been on what the truck before and as a matter of fact i'm not sure if any of them have they look like hostages <laughs> they do look like hostages i mean Hallie may have come on once i'm not sure sydney you're brand new to the team you started about a month and a half ago you got your your big break for us over at our conference in arkansas introduce yourself to everybody hello everyone um i'm the one
3: with the largest Microphone standing over here on this side. I'm Sydney
4: Edwards. I am the show host and newsletter writer for Running on Ice. Please subscribe. Um, and it's been a great time. Um, this is my first time I'm with the truck. So I'm excited. I was pumped to eat potato salad today.
1: Well, this is great because you need a good cold chain in order to deliver fresh potato salad. So this qualifies you right away. Start with the white one. That one uh, doesn't have as much spice in it. Then go to the uh, orange one. We'll come back to you for your vote. Standing next to you, Bill, introduce yourself to everybody. Uh,
2: I'm Bill Priestley. I'm a producer of Freight Waves now and a potato salad connoisseur. So I'm really looking forward to this. Now,
1: how long have you been eating potato salad for, Bill? (laughs) Um, I would
2: say 45
1: of my years. Wow. Decent amount of time, oh. decent amount of yeah. time even in the so, womb he was consuming. Are you are you, are, salad.
2: are you a professional potato salad eater or still amateur I rank? I am I'm, I'm still an amateur I think <laughs> okay. but uh, but
1: gotcha. I've, I've I've had the stuff all over the South. I just want to make sure
2: cuz you're not stuff. being paid for
1: this. Well, standing next to you is a fellow audio guy. It's Fraser Good Game. Fraser, say hello to everybody. What's up guys? Fraser Good Game, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener, so excited to be here and eat some potato salad. <laughs> well, your hair is closer to the color of the dude's potato salad. I hope that does not make you biased towards action here. Yeah, I thank my mother for the hair. <laughs> Steady next to you is the lovely Haley. Haley, say hello to everybody.
4: Hello, I'm Haley Fazio. I'm on the events team here at Freight Waves. I
2: am not a potato salad eater, but I traveled all the way across the country just
3: to try this.
1: <laughs> Great, yes, we wanted Let's to We wanted to get her opinion. We wanted to see if we could make a convert with either one of these. That would be a real big win we could uh We could stick in our hat. You nailed it, Fazio. You you nailed it. All right. (laughs) And now Brandon is the gentleman who helps us all when our computers break, and we need some help with IT, and he helps out in the background. Brandon, say hello to everybody. Yo, what's up? Brandon Bunce. I am systems engineer and IT specialist here at Freightwave. So do all the onboardings, equipment needs. Um, Anytime equipment breaks, uh, come fix it. And the second you heard about this potato salad competition, you slacked me immediately and said, put me on the judges' table. So I said, no problem at all. Well, Brandon, go ahead. Dig in, everybody. We'll give you a second to... uh to eat and chew before you throw your vote in. Tell us a little bit about what went into yours.
2: Okay, so what goes into mine is baby reds, right, and, and a little salt in the water when you boil them. Parboil yep. them, not too long. Right? I used a they lot of salt to keep them, in them stiff. Do you? Water, okay, yeah. all right. In the uh, water, not the recipe. Just yeah, no, no, no. I get it. No, I, I I do that with my pasta, but not this way. So half of Vidalia. So I'm glad to hear you you did Vidalia. Yeah. Full on Dukes, although I threw that light one in in, in the beginning, but no, full on Dukes. Yeah. Must you got to have Dukes mayonnaise? Yeah, I gotta screwed
1: up it. online. I saw you. I I was watching what you were posting, and mm-hmm. I was trying to reverse engineer your. Recipe, and I saw you had the light mayonnaise, yeah. and I called you out and said you already effed up. Yeah, no. And then uh, I shouldn't have done that. I gave you too much inside baseball there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you gave it away. No, full up, full on Dukes always. Uh, smoked paprika is in there. Yeah, fresh garlic, right, chopped up fresh garlic and uh, Louisiana hot sauce. Louisiana little uh, hot sauce. little uh, black pepper okay. inside there. Uh, four ribs and. Um, there you go, brother. And five eggs. There's five eggs in there. And five eggs. That's oh yeah. a solid yeah, amount yeah, of eggs. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, solid yeah. amount of protein. Oh, yeah. All right, let's look like Sydney. She's put her cups down. She's chewing a little bit. Sydney, you have a clear mouth? Looks like she keeps eating. Them. <laughs> yeah. She's
2: just not. I think she's old Bill's.
1: Bill, do you need some more? To, did... I was eating everybody else's over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, what do you got for us? Give us your impressions.
4: Okay, so off the bat, looking at um, both of them, our viewers can't see too much, but we've got a really light one. And then we have one that has, like, the slightly orange, slightly red color. And immediately, I thought I was gonna like the more colorful one, especially because I heard there was hot sauce in it, and I'm a big hot sauce fan. But I gotta say, the lighter one got me. Um, and I am an egg person too. I'm an egg in potato salad person, so I was really pulling for the other one. Um, All right, I like
1: it. I'll take it. One, yeah. one vote oh, for Ray, wow. One vote for, uh, for the New York wow. style. Zero votes, that no hurt. eggs. Talk about that goose eggs. Let's see I if Bill gives you an another goose fan. egg. Billy, what do we got he out of here? You turned an egg fan.
2: I, first off, both of them were very, very good. And <laughs> I was very, at least in my opinion, they were very, very good. I was worried about the hot sauce because I'm a person that can't tolerate hot. But I'm going with that one because it just, it, there is a little bit more flavor there. I am an egg guy and
4: I, I like that one just a little bit more. All right, All right
1: this is like the goal. battle for Alberta. See, that's goal. The, one goal me, one yeah. goal you, one and, and goal and me, one goal you, except I'm Edmonton yeah. and you're <laughs> Calgary. As we'll find out we talked to Frazier right now. Frazier, what did, what did you think of all this?
4: Uh, I'm definitely going to have to go with
1: Vincent's potato salad. Um, I will critique it, though. I'm a big hot sauce person, so a lot more
4: hot sauce next time, and it'll You're be right amazing. Up.
2: Yeah. yeah, well I had to keep it a little bit tame because you know you got people like Bill who have sensitive pets.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I gotta play it to the crowd.
1: <laughs> Alright, I gotta I gotta storm back now. I gotta make up some ground here. Haley, help me out. Not what, did, what did you make of all this?
3: Okay.
2: So originally I saw the light one without the orange hot sauce in it, and I was thinking this was gonna be it. Then I took a bite and the orange one the orange one was what was up for me. Oh. And but here's the thing, I'm not a hot sauce person either. You could kick up the hot sauce if people like hot sauce, but I think this has a good flavor. Dooner,
1: we need to chat. <laughs> I think,
2: I, uh, uh, Wait, what? I think, Duner. I think, Diener, I, I think uh, what, can you, yeah, I don't think you can come back from that.
1: Well, we'll see. Brandon is
2: worth
4: two <laughs> points. Brandon, how's it going here? Well, I got to say, between presentation, taste, and everything between the two, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of yours, Duner. Ah, yeah. yeah right. There we go. And that's why he's Three worth two, two? points. <laughs> 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 Forgot about that.
2: I, I want to taste yours,
1: bro. Okay, because okay, you might vote for me. I may. And then I'll vote for myself, and I can still win. So let me let me get a shot here. I haven't actually even tried my own.
2: Dude, I love the vinegar. The yeah. It was really good.
1: A little stronger vinegar base. I love it. And I'll take a bite of yours here. I like it good, too. I mean, look, like, they're both well-made. They never got so nice to well Hey, let's thank everyone here. Let's thank our judges. Give them a big thank round of applause. Thank
2: you. Thank you,
1: everybody, for coming up on the stage. Check them out next week. Have a happy Memorial Day, team. Appreciate your time. Amen. There you go. Hey, let's thank our sponsor. Are we got to get over that? <laughs> 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 let's do and it,
3: let's brother. Let's thank
1: you. Congratulations. Congratulations. You did <laughs> get more you. votes.
2: Hey, three to two, baby. It's three close. Three to two. It's it really close. just comes down to egg.
1: We should have had seven judges. It should have been a best of seven series to be, to be honest with you. But I'll yeah, yeah no.
2: Well, this was like first round, right? So there's, yeah. you know, at least it wasn't, you know, best of three.
1: So. Yeah, and I've made some enemies for life now on that jury. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Net zero emissions by 2035. That's the headline from AIT Worldwide Logistics Sustainability Report that's the headline from their sustainability report. Michael Vincent, geez, man, (laughs) net zero emissions by 2045. That's the headline from there, from AIT worldwide logistics, sustainability Report. So I thought there was a period there. And I was like, wait, how do I fit that into there? No, this is great. We've read this before, but just one aspect of their overall commitment to corporate and social responsibility, whether it's protecting the planet, nurturing the communities where we live and work, or ensuring high quality continuity. AIT is taking action today for a better tomorrow. Dude, tell them where to go.
2: Hey, go to aitworldwide.com right after you finish your potato salad of course
1: yeah and speaking of ray finley chief information officer for ait worldwide logistics is here and if i'm not mistaken i believe i saw him talking to grace sharkey about a month ago mm, at right. our net zero carbon seminar am i right about that ray
5: That's right guys yeah, good morning it's good to good to meet you this morning and uh, thanks for having me on board I i i'm curious now what is that shirt that's over your uh, over your shoulder Uh, that's my Pele shirt, my signed Pele shirt. Oh, wow. All
3: right.
5: Listen, being an Irish guy, we we started off well this morning with the potato salad. I'm kind of partial to potatoes. So it's a good start this morning. But uh, yeah, I got Pele over my shirt. That's probably my business partner bought me that. I think it was uh, because he got tired of explaining American football to me.
1: Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I well, love, it's a great looking I love, shirt. I love I love the themes of the room. Um, you know, as I was reading uh when I was as I was reading the ad before you came on, we were talking about your sustainability report. And you were also talking about the sustainability report when you were talking to Grace at the event. But I'm glad I have you here. So we can go a little bit deeper on that one. Can you tell us a little bit about the processes that were mentioned within this report?
5: For sure, for sure, guys. Um, One of the interesting parts, I think for for me particularly, was uh, the materiality study that we did. So we actually went out before we did any steps. um, We went out and we actually talked to our teammates, the AIT teammates across the the globe. We talked to our customers and we talked to our vendors and partners. And we actually had uh, them weigh in on what they thought AIT should be concentrating on when it came to sustainability, environmental, social and governance of our company. And During that process, we basically built out a heat map of the feedback from the various parties and it was incredible. It really was incredible to find out what was important. Our customers uh, spend a lot of time talking about how we treat our teammates, uh, how we look after them, uh, particularly during COVID, Um, and obviously our partners and so on weighed in with similar effect. Our uh, teammates, of course, weighed in heavily on carbon footprints. So we found ourselves uh, with different uh, feedback from different sources. But it was a great study. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed uh, doing the work with uh, the various parties and and we got a lot of feedback from the stakeholders. And that was the initial platform that we moved from was getting all of that information and uh, beginning to build out the actual formal report from
2: it. It's amazing how you go into something thinking you're going to learn one thing and you learn something completely different. It's, it's, it's awesome oh, that you guys did that. And one of the things that came out of there that was a little bit startling or kind of rare for a logistics company was uh, the mention of a scope three emissions calculator. Can you talk about that and, and, and why that was in there?
5: For sure, for sure. So, just first, uh, scope three for any of your viewers that perhaps maybe are not up to speed on it, scope three is is anything that would be typically outside a company's control, um, direct control. So it's indirect emissions. So it would be for in the case of a company like us, it'd be our vendors. Um, it would be travel, for example, if our if our teammates are traveling for business, it would be travel on airlines. We capture that information today from an operational management of the company. Uh, the operational management company standpoint, we actually capture that. We we capture people commuting to work uh, as an example. So we find out if people are driving to work, taking a train to work, However, they're getting to work, and and we we capture that as well, and that's our basis for coming up with uh, the actual you know what our actual footprint is today. So that part of it uh, is complicated. We have a lot of work still to do. There's a lot of data science still to do and state data gathering, because as you as you know in our industry, guys, you guys are experts in our space, uh, logistics space. We're doing business with tens of thousands of people. Hmm. So we have a lot of work to do to get deeper into it. But it's a, we're on a great start so far, and we're really proud of where we are at the moment. We're, we're, we have a lot of information captured, a lot more to go, um, but it is a journey here. It is a more of a marathon than a, than a sprint at this point in time.
1: Well, Ray, if my research is right, you know a lot about where AIT has been, where it is now, and where it's going. You've been there for, I think, over 25 Mm. years, if I'm not wrong. But now you also have to take on the role of an advocate, right? You have to advocate to other leadership there about the value of sustainability. If I'm not mistaken, you were just in Los Angeles trying to do that, trying to evangelize. How did that all go?
5: Uh, great question. Great question. Yes, I'm, I'm here uh, proud to be coming up on my 27th year with, uh, with the company I started, uh, started in 1995. And um, we have uh, our journey has always been one of teamwork and team spirit about what we do. And our initiatives are always about involvement. Um, we don't waste time on things that are not uh, important to the organization. And I did have an opportunity to talk to the leadership. We had 26 of our leaders from around the world in Los Angeles recently for, you know, it was great to get everyone together post-COVID. It's the first opportunity we've had that many people in the room. And uh, I got to talk a little bit about what we're doing with sustainability, got to answer some questions. Um, The great thing was there there wasn't any convincing to be done. Everyone was already on board and excited about it. We're getting so many questions from customers and partners, Um, uh, you know, various airlines are already engaging us on on how we can improve carbon footprint and carbon uh, discussions. So it was great. where both operationally and sales wise across our organization. We had great support. So it was a wonderful meeting and just nice to formalize it, I guess. Um, but certainly great to get the feedback from the teams.
2: That's really awesome. Ray, what, what about your customer, the customer side of things? Are the customers asking for proof of this? Are they really concerned with this? Is it is it resonated with them?
5: That's a great question as well, Tim. Uh, yeah, for sure. We, we we're actually finding a lot of our questions, our questionnaires are coming in from customers, you know, through RFIs and RFPs. We're having a lot of clients ask us about what we're doing. Um, They really want to know that companies are sustainable and sustainability is about business continuity as well. It is about social responsibility at a a corporate level, but it's also about uh, sustainability of the business, uh, which is where really the the title is coming from in some ways. And I think we we spend a lot of time uh, talking to customers about our initiatives, talking about where we're going, but the actual feedback from clients has been amazing. Um, Lots of questions. Uh, lots of engagement. We're already doing self disclosure of, of where we are with carbon footprint, uh, our carbon footprint today. And we're sharing that with customers and the feedback's been tremendous, it really has been very positive.
1: Wow. Well, Ray, before we let you go, what's next for AIT or you at least more high level meetings or uh, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think we'll be doing a lot
5: more travel. I'm, I'm definitely back on the road quite a bit. I already uh, reached my uh, status on the airline uh, for frequent flyers uh, this year so far. So we've been back out traveling and uh, I'm looking forward to getting a couple of trips out to Europe, visit our teams there. Hopefully we'll get out to Asia as well soon. But we're, we're definitely on a march forward. We've been really busy uh, the last couple of years. We've seen the company double in in, uh, in basically 15 months, less than 15 months. The company is more than double in size. Um, we're continuing to, to march into new territories around the world. We've opened in India and Prague and a few other areas just recently. So we're very, very excited. It's just great to get out and visit teammates again. So we're not mm-hmm. just simply uh, talking through zoom all the time. It's great to see people in person, shake hands, and of course, get out and see customers as well. That's obviously, uh, that's obviously a, a great opportunity to connect ourselves back with the market again.
1: Now, Ray, we don't want to leave you out of the potato salad, eggs or no eggs <laughs> in your potato salad. <laughs>
5: I think you got to go with some eggs, right? You got to put something in there. Yeah, I know. I know. You got to get a little in there, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ray. Have a great, you and the AIT team have a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. Thanks, guys.
5: Thanks for having me on. It's great to see you. And thanks for all the work you're doing in the industry. Thanks very much. Thanks,
2: Ray. Appreciate Appreciate that very much. You know, I've got a question for you. my friend. What kind of a trucking company needs to be productive, safe and profitable to stay in business?
1: potato
2: salad? One? A pota- yours does oh. for certain and yours does too out there. That's why the folks who built keep trucking.com just rebranded to motive. Go safe, go productive, go profitable, go motive.com. That's go motive. Com.
1: Now, we don't really have time for headlines today, but there's two uh, issues that we did mm, identify yes. that you guys might be interested. One was FMCSA adds 45 days to speed limber commentary, period. Uh, rooster has that story on BackTheTruckUp.com, so go read that. It's also up on FreightWaves.com if you need more information about that one. Um, the other one was, what's going on here? So the Great Resignation, this is an interesting, yeah. this is, you got to read the whole story to get it, but there's kind of two conflicting reports. One is that supply chains weren't really hit hard by the Great Resignation, though my LinkedIn would say otherwise. Yeah, don't but the either. other one from Bloomberg says that, well, the greater supply chain may not have been. Supply chain managers are leaving in droves and looking for greener pastures due to all of the stress.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They reported the supply chain managers quit their jobs last year like crazy at the highest rate. Right. Yeah. And they were leaving it. But now they're happier this year over last year.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess they found the greener pastures, right? Yes. More, more, well, Grace, more we just interrogated Ray. I know you spoke to him last month at the net zero carbon. So now that we've separated you two, we need to get your side of the story. No, I'm just kidding. Grace, thanks for coming <laughs> on the show. We're going to talk about potato salad and radio and all sorts of things today.
4: Yeah, no potato. Uh, what are we gonna start with first? Potato salad or that awesome hat that dude or uh, the dude has on? I need one of those. Please send that to me. This is the That's possum okay.
2: attack. I think I wore this the first time when you had your badger killer, shirt, your yeah. badger shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You look yeah. like you got ripped to half. Uh, yeah, no, no
2: green bastard fans out there. Anybody? No.
1: Okay. Sometimes people are kind enough to like make us one off what the truck hats and they send them to us. It's it's really nice. Absolutely well, great. So we can start potato salad. I know you went out and you wanted to do an immersive interview here. So you went out and got two types of potato salad. Look at that. She's got the yellow egg oh, one. Oh, look at her. She's and got the
2: white egg and
4: eggs egg Yeah, I went out at same same uh, farmer's market that made both of them. All right. We got the egg one here and the egg one looks good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but we got the the kind that I usually tend to go with, the red skin, no egg. So Yeah. Um, well,
2: we just had five I, judges get duped by looks. Each one said, I, lo- "I When I looked, I thought this, but then I thought that. Right? Yeah.
4: I heard you put some hot sauce in yourself. Yeah, that yeah. Louisiana hot sauce, hot sauce
2: is the is the key. It really is, Grace. Yeah. It, it helps.
4: Now, what did she go with? Was that the yellow? I think or... that looked yellow. Well, looked I yellow. Wait. That was the egg. Mm. Hmm. Oh, it, it's not.
2: It's good, Tuner. Not gonna lie. All right. Like <laughs> the uh-oh. eggs. Oh. I don't know. Tuner. Uh oh.
1: <laughs> you know what? Uh oh uh oh. For,
4: for this type of salad, I'm actually gonna have to go with the egg. Oh my gosh, uh, why did she, I
1: do this contest with a bunch of southerners? I mean she's I guess oh,
2: was southern, she from so. southern
4: Michigan?
1: I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's not from the UP. <laughs> she's not from the northeast. She's not from the northeast. No, no, Michigan is not the northeast. No,
4: no, no. This is actually really good, I'm not gonna lie. Well Grace, mm-hmm. thanks for getting throw, eating some, along throw it. some
2: hot sauce in there, Grace. You really love it.
4: Yeah. Probably even better. No, yeah. they're both they're good. They're good.
2: The egg's not bad though. Sorry, Junior. <laughs> I thought we were gonna we we're gonna go after pizza next with her, right? Potentially, what, I that? potentially. Potentially.
1: She won't be hard to beat. She's like a big Domino's fan person. So but oh. she might not like like a New York style, like I might toss for her. You know. <laughs> Briggs Freight Waves Radio, you've been kicking off. I'm actually on there later this afternoon. How have things been going and what's been your weirdest call so far? Uh
4: I think the weirdest call is probably our um well, we had a weird call actually during the future or the future supply chain, uh, summit. Uh, I was doing the, the show with Mary and, uh, one of our, uh, big fat daddy, one of our continuous callers, um, <laughs> called in and started talking about recycling. It was a really wholesome conversation. Then the end he started talking about the fact that, you know, the recycling place he goes to won't take their, their yellow tanks. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. And Mary kind of went over her head and, uh, uh, so she kept going on about, why wouldn't they take these yellow tanks? Why wouldn't they take these yellow tanks? Uh, and everyone, everyone, including myself, understood that the, um, he was talking about his pee tanks. And so that one got uh, quite a few calls back in afterwards. A bunch of drivers were cracking up and thought it was hilarious. And it was it was honestly really funny. So that was probably yeah, the favorite call that we little had. little truck
1: stop apple juice.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Grace, you have, like, you know,
1: it's funny, right before you came on, we were talking about um, a couple good articles that have come out that were talking about people Mm. leaving the industry, supply chain managers. In a past life, not that long ago, actually, you were managing a supply chain Mm -hmm. for a broker, and now you're hosting a radio show and and all that stuff on SiriusXM. Life takes some weird turns, doesn't it? But tell us about some of that stress. Like, does it make sense to you why so many managers during this time are leaving the industry?
4: You know, a hundred percent. And I think, especially when you start, I hate to get on my technology uh, parade here, but especially as you're starting to see so much different technology take over when it comes to a lot of the frustrating parts of the industry, including um, one, like texting apps, having to text drivers from your own phone and then getting hit up all day from them outside of work uh, load matching. Like if I had to, uh, do old school load matching where you're going on and off the boards and, and I don't have like a seamless system that's at least giving me like the top couple people to call with a high chance that they're going to take the load. But I think that that's where you start to see some of these like maybe more startup situations or smaller to medium sized brokerages where it's just like, you know, you can go to a a, a bigger company that's not. Maybe some of the three letter ones that we know that are miserable, but uh, that are definitely more high tech um, and have a vision. Right. Like someone like Flock Freight, who's trying to make this industry more sustainable or, or Convoy, who really does have a u- unique uh, a system behind it. So um, I think that if a brokerage out there doesn't have some type of tech strategy in front of them, it's only a matter of time before it's like I could do this job better with my own cell phone. So, um, yeah, I, th- I, I definitely see the headaches there. So Grace, do you think some
2: of that frustration that, that, uh, became evident in people leaving the great quit and that type of stuff, especially in logistics was from some of the old guard that maybe got overwhelmed by the, the tech that was just sped up so quickly and didn't, you know, you got the frustration of being connected too much and not being able to de-stress in something you're not used to.
4: Yeah, and I think there's just so many outspoken leaders out there that are really building great culture um, within their industry that's really easy to see. Someone like, I mean, Steam Logistics, right? Like, yeah. God, I would go for Steve immediately. Or Freight Vanna, they got an awesome social media presence. And, you know, there's so many brokerages out there that, like, really really don't want you to even have that type of media presence. It's very controlled space, and I think it's just – I think that's kind of like what our generation is is over. It's like we want to be able to be ourselves and have people appreciate ourselves. Um, and not feel like we're stepping out of the cultural norm of the company. I mean, even Dune and I saw it the other day, like uh, Frey Vanna's got that new talent Exit who had those really cute, like, bubble braids. And I know for a fact that there's brokerages out there that would say, no, you can't, like, wear that here. And and that's, <laughs> where I think, unfortunate, right? Because I think it shows her personality, and, and that's the type of stuff where I think our generation is not going to, take anywhere near like our own parents or past generations. Wait, why are
1: bubble braids banned among, brokers yeah, in brokers? The are they uh, <laughs> as detrimental to society
4: as pickleball?
2: Pickleballers <laughs> oh, must be yeah. stopped.
4: <laughs> I love bubble braids. When I saw that, I was like, yes, that's awesome. But you know, it's something that, People might. It's even when you look at a lot of African Americans out there who feel like they can't comfortably wear their natural hair in space. uh, It's there's small things out there that I think our generation is like. If we're we're even gonna get a, a a little bit of a wag of a finger, we're gonna keep on moving.
2: Huh. Yeah, it's it's very very true, and I see it in my daughters as well. I mean, I have an eight and a nine year old daughter, and they're and they're running around. They have jet. I mean, just deep pink hair, and one has just half is blue, and the other half is is pink, and and they love it, and and nobody thinks
1: twice about it, right? I mean,
2: that's yeah, that's the.
4: This job lets me dye my hair blue every six months, right? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Grace, I gotta I gotta ask you something. So what like when I was hosting the radio show, the number one story that we had just like callers off the hook from from Bell to Bell in the show was dogs in the cab. Has there been a story that has like really ignited the airlines for you? Uh
4: you know, honestly, the a lot of the California, like the A B five and the car regulation stuff, that really gets, especially the drivers, pretty riled up. Um, so if there's a one caller in particular I, I know if i even start talking about the story it's like two minutes he's gonna start calling in and, and saying something um what the opposite though that i've actually really enjoyed is the embrace of technology we've had some really interesting callers who um, want to talk to some of these tech leaders because they you know don't really get the opportunity to do so. And where sometimes the questions might not be completely on track, it's still uh, just really cool to see them have that experience that they nor- normally wouldn't have.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in what, what the vibe is from your from your callers and your and your audience on the debate of, of overtime for truck drivers. I mean, you, you know, Duna puts it out there very well and, and succinctly that it's crazy that this industry debates whether overtime is right or not.
4: Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks, we've gotten a lot of calls that's just more on like, uh, even more so on like detention and the things that lead to that mm-hmm. overtime, right? Like the more of the minutiae that if we could clean up, it, that that overtime wouldn't even come into question. Um, and I think it's just more of they want the world to know that those problems exist. Like, I don't think people realize that if a driver gets stuck in an extra couple hours of traffic, that that actually takes from their at-home pay um and that's more of like they just want to be heard and have people realize that so that maybe someday those type of discussions on detention or late fees and things of that nature are, are dropped and there's just a little bit more consideration to what their job is like on the road
1: Chris, can you believe it's already been a year since the ice road came out when do you think the next great trucking movie is <laughs> going to be released uh, it's been a year yeah, I was in my Facebook oh my memories. Uh, it was like it was like a year ago, two days ago that Grace really? was on, and we were all reviewing the Ice Road together.
2: Kidding! What wow, a great movie. that's a great movie. I'm gonna have to watch it again in honor memories. of memories.
4: Yeah, no, we do need another trucker movie, and it's uh, you know maybe it'd be cool to maybe get like a like a romantic comedy or you know, or something that's like a little less action, like a, more like fe- oh. we're talking about bringing more women into this industry, right? You mean like, like Convoy? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or like you know, they just keep meeting each other at this truck stop, like like <laughs> like like, like, uh, like what's that movie with? Um... Oh, the notebook, right? Like when they, uh, they just <laughs> their lives. No, she's right. Merged.
1: Look, every trucker, you know, you make a great point. Every trucker yeah. movie since Over the Top, right? Yeah, I like. If it. a driver is with a girl, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. even Over the Top, he wasn't with a girl. He's actually divorced. He had yeah. had women issues well, too. Stallone did, of in that course. Movie, Lincoln Hawk. But you know, they were sharing the kid. Didn't like remember the 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 His stepfather was trying to the rich stepfather was hiring those thugs to take the kid away.
2: Oh yeah 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 yeah. Well, but if you look at every so trucker at movie fight.
1: since, they have to kidnap women in order to have a woman. <laughs> (laughs) beside them even that (laughs) show big sky right right. uh joyride or candy cane yeah all that no you're absolutely right you're
2: absolutely right
4: like a couple just finally like ends up becoming a team like what a romantic comedy that could be oh
2: yeah maybe a to yeah like Smokey and the bandit or something <laughs> <Smokey and laughs> well grace what are you more excited about it's memorial day weekend's it's
1: amazing it's gonna be nice weather you're gonna get outside the house but also top gun maverick comes out stranger things season four dropped at midnight and obi-wan two episodes came out at midnight last night too did i
4: could i ruin your day really
1: quick i've it? never oh, seen no. top gun you've never what? seen why that's a romantic comedy <laughs>
4: You know what? You ever is see it? the
1: volleyball scene with uh, Goose and Maverick? Is it comedy? You think it's comedy? I've heard that. That seems kind of funny. Boys of Summer. You know what? Yeah, maybe, I'll
4: watch, maybe I'll watch it this weekend because I just Tom Cruise has never, you know. Talk or, to me,
2: Goose. He's, just, <laughs>
4: he's never, uh, not not my type, I guess. I don't know. Is Kelly McGillis still so alive? Do you think she, does she make one? a cameo? Kelly McGillis? Yeah. I don't know.
2: I don't know if she is or not. I have no idea. The
4: new one looks great, though. So, like the Who trailer does? looks awesome. Oh yeah, up. it really does.
2: It
1: does. It really does.
2: Is he really flying that jet? You think?
1: Who Tom Cruise? No. Yeah. Okay. So he was in. But he those likes jets. to do a lot of his own they stuff. They did some practical right? effects. He just yeah. wasn't allowed to touch yeah. the controls. But he probably hit some uh, mock speeds. I bet he did because he yeah. usually he
2: does
4: his own CDL. stuff. Yeah, he's well, got
1: he he a
2: what? In... He has a CDL. He said in well, an
4: then, interview. Well then, why he's didn't
2: he's they let him fly the jet? He's got a CDL.
1: Is a CDL? Yes, he I does. He,
2: does. Maybe he's got, he's he has
4: a uh, commercial license. He can fly number of planes. Like I saw uh, an interview with him, and he's got over like five or six different licenses. He can, boats, all that jazz.
2: Wow. wow. I wonder if he cruises around with Travolta. Great. They're on in the same circles. <laughs> Grace, what's coming up on radio tonight? <laughs> what
4: was that? <laughs> what's coming up on radio tonight? Oh, well, you, of course, uh, we're going to be, I got some hot food debates for you as we talk okay, about cool. this potato salad. So that should be fun. And then we've got a veteran, uh, Leonard's express is wrapping trucks for four different, five different veterans underneath their company. Um, and, uh, Keith Buchanan is going to come on the show with Tim Owens from Leonard's express to talk about his recently air force wrapped, uh, truck and uh, what charity he's giving his donation to uh, Leonard's is, uh, donating a cent for every mile that's run in that wrap truck uh, for probably wow. the next four to five years. So it uh, should be a really fun conversation.
1: Wow. That's awesome. A penny a mile. Now, Grace, now that we're getting back to that's events, true. let me ask you something really quick. Now that we're getting to events and we're getting to leave the office more often and go visit oh, people, okay. where is your dream place to go? I would say maybe London. <laughs>
4: Uh, Yeah, he knows me too. London would be awesome. My dream, one of my, and I'm working on it. One of my dream, uh, I think content-wise, would be really cool if we could go visit the Nestle Gxo fully automated, no human being plant in the UK. That would be absolute dream to get to get some cameras into that because no one's been in there before. So uh, that would be, I think, number one cool thing for for me to do uh, (laughs) content-wise.
1: Well, that is really cool, Grace. We'll tune in to Freightways Radio. I will be on Freightways Radio. Come in and listen to that. We appreciate your time today. Have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for not voting for uh, the no-egg potatoes. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think the, the hot sauce
4: would have made it even better, but I'll take both. I like both at the end of the day. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, Grace, we'll, we'll get you next time. Take it easy. <laughs> the hat's okay. in the
2: mail. Hat's in the mail, Grace. Hats in the
1: mail. Oh, we are ordering some new hats and shirts, too. We'll have some more hats and shirts coming soon. Your customers and investors want to know that your company is serious about sustainability. Show them the depth of your commitment when you rely on AIT Worldwide Logistics for your freight forwarding needs. From scope 3 carbon footprint reporting to calculating emissions at the transaction level, partnering with AIT sends a clear message to stakeholders. You mean business when it comes to sustainability. Learn more at, tell them, dude.
2: Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com immediately
1: after this show. Now, NASA was supposed to be here right now, but they're not. So let's go to some good news, bad news. Oh, all right. Let's move on have the
4: bad news
1: and good news. Hope they're okay. Yeah, Man. they don't show up. I'm just going to interview. I'm just going to ask you all the questions I had for them. And right. You will just you do your best to answer. All right, I will okay? do my best. You got it. All right, good news. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice, clear day, and you're about to uh, to squeeze in for a tight little merge here. Let's take a look at this video. Look, here comes his driver. Watch oh, that no semi problem. up Pizza, ahead on the road. Okay. Here, oh, oh, look at that. He ran oh. the road, drove right into oh. the side of that semi.
2: He got right into the wheels there on the back, right? He's got right into the wheels right there. See, jump him right in the air. He got, he got four feet of the air there.
1: Oh, he flipped it just like <laughs> a Hot Wheels car. Oh, wow. You ever do that? Flip a car before? Yeah. No, no. I, you know, I've never actually really been in many bad accidents. The only accident I really had was when I first got my license um, yeah. I was stopping at a light, and I just got distracted for a second. Yeah. So I kind of rolled my grill into someone's bumper in this old like Thunderbird, and then I drove around for like two weeks with like fume coming out of the radiator until it died. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So That's hey,
2: important. check this out. I got some good or uh, bad yeah. news. The bad news is you smell like a barn after trucking for endless days in a row. But hey, you finally made it to the rest stop, and you got some time to take a shower, my friend. But the bad news is there's 15 people ahead of you. But. You are a very resourceful guy. You are the MacGyver of trucking, and you do this. Check this out. There you go, my man. Just standing next to there right now. He's got a hose there, washing himself off a little bit. Right outside there. This is going to do the trick, don't you think, right there? So A <laughs> couple wet
1: naps you gotta, might to For help. the audio listeners, describe what you're looking at. Here, yeah, isn't? well,
2: I mean, he's sitting at a he's sitting at a truck stop right now. He's next to the pumps here, and he's got a little hose out there, and he's washing himself out. He's got himself stripped down to squeegee? his boxers. He's got a squeegee thing. He's squeegeeing down his legs. Like exfoliate a little
1: bit. <laughs> a little exfoliation, yeah. You know, I've, you seen some of those, I've seen some of the wait times that they've yeah. had for these shower stalls. I've seen uh, drivers post these things, and you're yeah. t- some of them have had hours and hours Long waits is just wild. You see, this guy's in the middle of the day, He's dude. You got to do
2: be. what you got to do, man. If you just can't ride with yourself any longer, you've got to you've got to do something with that funk.
1: Sounds like you're not getting any uh, overtime pay anytime soon. So yeah, it's not like you get a rush.
2: You, yeah, you can't afford that soap anymore with these gas prices and no overtime.
1: All right. Well, according <laughs> to Euro News, bad news. According to Euro News, market worker Sadiq Kokadili he tried to secure this bar umbrella. Just roll this video. Trying to secure this bar umbrella with the help of three of his friends. <laughs> But he was lifted what? What? off the ground for several fleet <laughs> Look at that thing. It's like up. He's just flying away on oh, this thing. Here he comes again. And his other guy, his buddy here, the first one bails. The second guy bails, just lets him go. And he just rides it off into the sunset. Look at that. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, has he ever landed? I'm not sure. That's not in the reporting, but uh, this happened two years ago, and it says, good news, the Turkish government is searching for one citizen who will choose to send to the International Space Station for a scientific mission. The man who flew on the umbrella says, our president is choosing some of the Turks to go to space. I also became famous as a flying man. Now I want to go to space, too. It would be good if Mr. President sends me to space as well. Now, he acknowledges that some of his criteria really doesn't fit what they're looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. The criteria is that Turkish citizens have to be under the age of 45. They have to have a bachelor's degree in engineering, natural sciences, or basic sciences, and who are affluent in speaking English. Some of his friends, though, and fellow tradesmen, they gave their support to him. They said, uh, yeah. you know, he's a vegetable market seller. And they said, I support my friend. Let him go to space. We would be pleased as a friend of the tradesman, and he would comply with the criteria.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing he's missing is probably that bachelor's degree, right? And uh, I think they should let him go, man. I mean, obviously, he was willing to ride that thing. It takes guts to do that type of stuff.
1: Now, you ever lose any of your daughters to a trampoline or anything like that? You know, you see on the news. When like they the start flying down. away? Yeah. No. uh, uh-uh. No, Mine I got a big trampoline, but I've got it anchored. A fully anchored, bro. So, but you, had, your kids have never been like blown away or anything. No, you know, I no. was, you? I was, so I was riding the, uh, I was riding the Vespa about a week ago, and Ooh. it was super windy coming yeah. down the hill, and I thought I was going to get blown off at <laughs> the there's some wind that can come through here at times. Sure, and, man, Mother Nature, she has, she comes at you with the fury.
2: Yeah, you got to watch yourself. You got to watch yourself. I got some good news, my friend. It's yeah, another it? beautiful, clear day on the highway. You're making great time. You're cruising down there. You're going to make it to your delivery appointment, and then this knucklehead shows up. Bad news, my friend. Check this guy, a cruising down a highway, and this guy comes off an off ramp and just plows directly into the back of that trailer with his pickup truck, knocks you for a, a loop. It doesn't look like the truck goes over though, right? It looks like the driver keeps this thing straight. Look at that. He where moved did it.
1: Pick, Where did the pickup come from?
2: It looked like it was coming. It came off of that highway ramp.
1: See, he's going under an overpass. Oh, he he just, comes right down and boom. How and did it. he? That wasn't a ramp, though. That was like the, the ground. That yeah, was, no, the, uh, yeah. that was um, grass that he was yeah, driving. Yeah, I don't
2: in. know what this guy was clowning. Look at this. Yeah, he just comes on nowhere. Boom. And it's on the wrong side, right? Because you're going into it. So it's not like he's coming on and took a wrong. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how it, I don't know how that driver kept that thing straight, dude. Look at that. That thing goes almost 90 degrees. It is clearly way out there, and then he pulls it right off and pulls it over to the side. <sighs> it, Man, good
1: driving. It's tough. Nice you're out there. Job. You know, you're gonna be out there just driving, following your GPS, and a truck can come out of nowhere, boom. Or like this one. Good news. Let's take a look at this next one. You stop that one. GPS has you on a route, mm-hmm. a route that's all green, right? No red traffic. You think everything looks great. You even double check the Rand McNally. You didn't just go with Google Maps. You weren't a fool. Oh, all but right. But look where it led you if you're trucker Bruce Almighty. Here he comes. He's coming down this big stretch of land. We have some tunnels like this, but I don't think they turn into one laners. Like when I was in Costa Rica on my honeymoon, there were a lot of roads like this where, yeah. like, suddenly there'd be turns in both directions coming and you can't see around the bend yeah. and it's one lane and I kept I was like the cab driver I'm like how do you yeah. know who goes first he's like I always have the right of way <laughs> I'm like really I'm not sure if he just meant going like north or going south that he oh, always yeah. had the right way yeah. <laughs> the frightening thing too is if he if that truck got stuck in there how do you get out well, that's what I was thinking was
2: going on here. If You get stuck, your door. You're going to have to kick out your 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 windshield to get out of that thing. That would I'd be a claustrophobic. Don't even have a light to tell you who's coming from the other side, right? I mean, it's just uh, well, you just blow your horn and pray, I guess. Absolutely. Hopefully. See, if I came up that, I would just hammer it down. Just forget it. I'm a little coming. too claustrophobic for me. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> oh man, bad news. You missed your exit on the freeway, my friend. Check Ooh. this out. And there's even worse news. You're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> This car misses his exit and then decides that he's just going to stop, not in the middle of his lane, but in the middle of both
1: lanes. This is like Armageddon happening behind this car. Look at it. Look at there's another truck right yeah. there. Just and then, spinning yeah, out.
2: One truck misses him and turns over, rolls over. And so he decides he to go in front of the other one. who then jackknifes right in front of him. And then he's, the thing is, when this truck is coming right at him at about 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour jackknife, he stops to see if that guy's going to be able to stop.
1: <laughs> there's a thing there. You know, in highways. You he not speed, speed up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his speed limiter kicked in. He just had to stop there in uh in the middle of the road. Hey, right here.
2: He's about to get smoked and he just stops and say, whoa, 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 hey, driver. <laughs> hey, I see
1: a very good looking gentleman from NASA in the oh. green room over there. Let's jump wow. over to them and talk about supersonic jets. It's Peter Cohen. He's the Quest Mission Integration Manager at NASA, and they're working on. Now, if you're watching this Top Gun movie, now I haven't seen it yet in Top Gun no, Suppose Supposedly there's yet. a jet in that thing and go like. Mach 10. What? I know. And I was like, I thought the SR-71 was the fastest jet. I think that goes a little over 2,000 miles per hour. Well, two,
2: well, I don't even know how fast Mach 10 would be. I don't
1: even know. I don't even know how loud the I bet you know over- who probably knows? Would be on that. You know probably Let's knows? talk
3: to Peter. Peter, how Peter you doing? <laughs> good. How are you guys? Good to good to talk to you. Where, uh, no. where are you coming to us from? Are you over there in Florida? No, actually, I'm in uh, Hampton, Virginia, Langley Research Center, one of the oh, full, okay. uh, aeronautics research centers from NASA.
1: Well, tell us a little bit. how did you get involved with uh, How'd you get involved with NASA? It's a dream job, and I'm always curious a little bit about the journey that gets people there.
3: Yeah, it's re- it's really interesting. I mean, I I had a love of aviation from uh, from really early on. I went to an aviation high school. I learned to be a mechanic, and at some point, one of my math teachers said, "You know, you'd be wasted as a mechanic. You really ought to do uh, engineering." So, uh, <laughs> I went to engineering school and uh, just had a great opportunity to come up uh, to come down here and, uh, and work for NASA. And, uh, I thought I'd stay for a couple of years and then see where else was going on, but, uh, I just made a career out of it.
1: So you're uh, a pilot, been, Are you uh, excited one, one for... fun thing after another, well, you're a pilot, right? Are you excited for the new Top Gun movie and how fast have you gone in a jet before?
3: <laughs> so, so I, I, I always, I always say I've, I've amassed about uh, 30 seconds of supersonic flight time. Oh, uh, I had a great uh, I had a great uh, what they call an incentive ride from NASA where they took me up uh, in an F-18 and, and showed me what uh, supersonic flight was all about.
1: Well, let it me tell you, like? it's is it like a lot of pressure? Nothing. On you? It
3: feels if if, if if no, it feels like regular flight. If, if it wasn't for the mock meter telling you you were going faster than sound, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to know unless you're really close to the ground. Then yeah, things yeah. are going past really quickly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have
3: that. But no, it, there's it. it in, mod- in modern aircraft, there's just no sensation of it. It's just, you know, you're just you're just going fast. Huh? Unbelievable.
2: Hey, before we get into this, to, to, the, to the mission that you guys are right now, tell me about the Sharkano. Do you know anything about that? And is this, and is this real?
3: <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know anything about that, actually. Okay. I, can't, See, I just cannot help you. They always you, deny. You've gone from they my medium deny. to a completely different, you've gone to a different, completely different medium from, from what I'm
1: used to. let's meet your buddy. He popped up just in time. I, he probably doesn't know about the uh, Sharkano either, but it is Craig Nickel. He's a project manager, low-boom flight demonstrator over at NASA as well. What does a low-boom flight demonstrator do at NASA, Craig?
0: Building a new it. aircraft, actually, that... Um is supposed to be able to fly supersonically and not generate that uh, annoying sonic boom that, uh, c- that prevents aircraft from flying supersonic over land.
1: Now, tell us about that sonic boom. So, I like, the, the only thing I knew about sonic booms before researching this was that it was a special move by Guile in Street Fighter II. What is a uh, what is a sonic boom, <laughs> and why is it a problem?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. When, the, uh, when you have a sonic boom that's created in the atmosphere by supersonic airplanes, it really does sound like uh, kind of an explosion on the ground. Uh, depending on how how high up the plane is and how big it is and how fast it's going. And so when uh, the only really supersonic airliner that people might be aware of was the uh, British and the French built something called the Concorde. Mm -hmm. And it uh, flew over the Atlantic Ocean, a lot of times between New York and London or Paris, but it couldn't fly over land. And if the Concorde flew over your hometown, you would know about it. It would sound like thunder going off in the backyard or a small explosion. And so that's a sonic boom, and that's what we're trying to get rid of.
2: Yeah. So one other thing about that, Craig, is what I found interesting is that I really I didn't know this till last year is that that sonic boom isn't a singular event.
1: Oh, it's like it like trails behind it, right? Like a wave. Right. Like it, so, mm-hmm. everything you pass over here is the boom. Mm-hmm. It's not like once it hits the speed of sound. Because I thought that too. It was like it was yeah. just be like boom. Hit the I thought,
2: speed of sound. Yeah. Then, I thought it would like break through this yeah, brick wall that, and then you're the, good. But that, that's
3: not it, right? That's the biggest misconception about sonic boom. It is not the sound of breaking the sound barrier it doesn't happen until you're fully supersonic. And then as long as you're supersonic, everybody that you fly over hears that hears that sound.
1: All right. So we put some mayo on the sandwich. People kind of understand what we're talking about here, going supersonic and a jet. Let's talk about the actual jet itself. Let's talk about this X-59 and the Quest mission. And I think we have some images and stuff we can roll in the background too so people can get some visual on this. But, um, Peter, let's start off with you. Tell us a little bit about what we're looking at here and what this uh, what this jet's all about.
3: So the, the X-59 is, is a unique uh, research aircraft. Essentially, it, 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 it desi- it's designed with the technology that it, instead of a sonic boom, you get a kind of a soft thump sound. So like Craig said, instead of like a, a loud explosion in your yard, it's like distant thunder or someone someone closing their car door. And the whole idea of it is to, is to there's two things. There's really We want to prove that this technology works in all atmospheric conditions but really what we want to do is we want to be able to generate those sounds those quiet supersonic flight sounds so that we can fly over people and get their impression of those sounds see if it see if it's see if we've taken the annoyance out of uh out of the exposure from a a aircraft flying overhead at supersonic speeds because if we do that then we can go to the faa and the international civil aviation organization and say Instead of having a speed limit, which says we can't go faster than Mach 1, let's make it a a sound limit. So as long as the airplane is quieter than, say, X X, uh, PLDB, then it's okay to fly over land. And what that does is is gives us an opportunity to open up a market for uh, an industry to come in and say, all right, we're not gonna build a demonstrator, we're gonna build an airliner with these design principles. But when we fly that airliner, it'll make these quiet sounds and it'll be able to fly over land and we'll be able to essentially open a market that Concorde never could.
1: Wow. So let me ask you something about this then. Um, I was looking in this. This is a long plane, right? And part of one of the videos I was watching said that the reason for the length is it helps uh, it helps dampen. It makes that sonic thump instead of that sonic boom. Is, is that correct? And how big of a jet are we talking about here? What's the perspective on this?
3: So, so um, um,
1: I can answer that one.
3: Yeah. It's Craig's airplane.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah, I can answer that question. Uh, we, uh, we've awesome. been designing and building this airplane for the past five years, and you're right, the length of the aircraft is is pretty unique for a single you know single pilot aircraft and it's about a hundred feet long, so it's about as long as a basketball court. and if you look at it, it's got a very long nose. about a third of the length, about thirty three feet or more is just the nose and you're exactly right. The reason for the length and the long nose is to really spread out those shock waves. Uh, so they don't coalesce together and create that strong shockwave on the ground that causes the uh, annoying uh, explosion noises of the boom. And so by spreading all those shockwaves out, we're hoping they will stay kind of weak. They won't coalesce. And by the time they hit the ground, they'll still be kind of spread out and we won't have much of a noise at all. That's the, uh, that's the design.
2: So, Craig, i got to follow up to that real quick. So when you look at this one, and you mentioned the Concorde before, we talked about the yep. Concorde before, there's similarities kind of in that design. Were they on something when they were building that thing in the 60s? And when you get through with this, do you have any concept of how this will actually look once it gets into, like, commercial use for freight or people?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. So, so there are, the similarities with the Concorde are essentially driven just by the fact they both need to fly supersonic hmm. so we have if you have a supersonic aircraft you're going to notice the the wings are swept back it's very streamlined kind of like a dart um, and it's got to have that type of aerodynamic design uh, to go supersonic and be efficient so that's why they're similar in terms of low boom design the Concorde was not at all designed for any type of low boom performance whereas our aircraft that's the primary reason, you know, for the design is to get that low boom. So some of the differences would be driven by that low boom, uh, design. So
1: this, what about efficiency yeah, so this though? De- so this, this the faster a, you go with planes, right, you're going to create a lot of drag and you're going to lose some, some fuel efficiency. So how do you make this viable and, and obviously sustainable, um, in a very high speed, low boom jet like this?
0: Sure. So, so this is, is what you're looking at we... now is the X 59, which is the X 59 is essentially, uh, just a, an X plane. It's a research plane. It's not really a prototype for any future commercial product. So you asked the question about what would a commercial product look like in the future that, it, that people could fly on. It would probably look a little different than this in terms of the, uh, where the engines would be and how it would be configured. And um, it would be a little bit bigger so we could fit people in it. Uh, but it would be a little similar in terms of the, it would still be long and skinny for sure. It would have highly swept wings for supersonic flight. Um, so it would look a little bit like a dart, but it would would be larger. So th- this aircraft you're looking at now is, is not a prototype for a, a future plane. It's a research aircraft. And that's what Peter has been talking about uh, in terms of trying to use this to generate the low booms, get the community response data so we can change the regulations. That's really the purpose of this airplane, uh, although some of the technology could be used by commercial companies for future uh, commercial designs.
3: Yeah, so some of so the things. Go ahead, Peter. This is Peter, we, we've been doing we've been doing this research for a long time, and we didn't really start out to do a demonstrator. What we first wanted to prove was could you build an airliner that had this low boom shaping, but was still efficient and mm. could be quiet around the airports and and not polluting. So we we did conceptual design studies. Uh, we we did some tests that uh, uh, you know in what we call wind tunnels, where we test small models to, to check their performance. And lo and behold, we found that we had, we had kind of made a breakthrough in, in terms of being able to design an airplane that was both quiet uh, from a supersonic perspective, but also uh, efficient and you know able to operate like an airliner. So kind of armed with that knowledge, we said, well, what's the next step? And the next step really was to get these laws changed so that the commercial market could be enabled. So,
1: Craig, I got to ask you: Is is a like an SR seventy one that goes two thousand miles an hour? Is that super loud? Because it's a spy plane, like right? It's got to be quiet. Um, but is it super loud flying well, overhead? Are we hearing sonic booms all over the place?
0: Well, what the uh, the 71 first of all, is an awesome airplane, one of the best aircraft designs in the history of aircraft. And when it goes that fast, it's actually very high in altitude, so you're not really able to see it at all because it's uh, way uh, way up there, above sixty thousand feet. And the, uh, it does create sonic booms, uh, but they would probably be attenuated by the atmosphere. By the time that you heard a boom, that airplane is long gone. So, um, again, it's, it's a uh, supersonic airplane. All supersonic things will generate shockwaves, and it just depends on how strong they are when they hit the ground.
1: No, Peter, we only have about a minute left, so can you just give us a brief uh, on what's next for the Quest mission and where people can go to learn more?
3: Um, so, uh, so right now, uh, Craig's team is working really hard to, to finish uh, putting the airplane together. We just did some testing of it in uh, Fort Worth, uh, brought, you know, shipped it to Fort Worth, we brought it back to Palmdale, we're putting in the last systems, we're getting ready to do all the system checkouts, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll fly the plane uh, sometime later this year. So after we first fly it, we have to prove that it's safe to fly, do what we call the envelope expansion. Uh, and once that's complete, then we start really looking at the acoustics. You know, how, how well did we do in terms of designing it for quiet? And once we're convinced ourselves of that, somewhere in about uh, 2024, we'll start our community tests. And we're gonna, we're gonna essentially going to fly the airplane for about a month over five different communities over the span of about two years. Um, and gather this data on, on people's response. And we, we worked with the FAA, we worked with the International Civil Aviation Organization to let them know this information is coming. Uh, and some, hopefully, sometime uh, later this decade, they'll actually be able to address that rule change.
1: Wow, and I've seen that they have commercial partners. they got airlines waiting. They want this technology out there. They just need the regulations and uh, the tech to meet them. Just want to know where to apply to be able to fly. Sounds cool. Well, hey, Hey, Craig, Peter, NASA, thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us a little bit on what's going on with the X-59. Thank you for your service, boys, and have a great Great. Memorial Day weekend. Amen.
2: Amen. Take care,
1: guys. You out there, you listeners, thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day episode of What the Truck. Thank you out there for your service and who gave the ultimate sacrifice to this country. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Go to BackTheTruckUp.com and tell him how to be. Hey,
2: peace and love. Spread it everywhere.